Hey, Kaden. Yes, mommy. It's time for the She's About Business show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, it's your host, Aethea Garns, and this has been a very long week, it seems, maybe because it's been a sad week with the loss of the great Kobe Bryant and his beautiful daughter, Gianna, as well as all of the other people who were lost with them. We definitely want to send our condolences and prayers to the family and friends of everyone who was lost. Definitely a very sad and tragic event. It's also been a very reflective week for me. I definitely know that it's important to love the people in your life who love and support you. And it's even important to love those who don't love you. But I think what's most important is to be a shining light to this dark world. I mean, none of us are perfect, of course, but Since the world is such a dark place, we have to choose whether we too will be dark or whether we will be a shining light. And if we decide to be a light, then we can rest assured that those who will be drawn to us will be drawn to that light, right? And those who will be repelled by us will be repelled by that light. And I've made a decision in my life. I am no longer chasing people because those who are meant to stay don't have to be chased. And if you are repelled by my light, then I don't want you around anyway because my light is sourced by the light of heaven. So I won't chase you. No more chasing people in 2020 and beyond. I only chase opportunities. How about you? (laughs) So with all of that being said, as you guys know, this season, season three of the show has been dedicated to highlighting other savvy moguls who are making moves. And it has been a total pleasure so far. I actually have a guest today that I'm so proud of and I'm honored to have her here. So welcome to season three, episode 11 of the award-winning She's About Business show, aka The Sab Show, giving all honor to God for all of his amazing blessings and to my savior, Jesus the Christ, just for being who he is in my life, my savior. And of course, thanks to all of my fabulous sisters and fabulous fellas for tuning in and for supporting the show on the various platforms. I could not keep doing this without you guys, and I absolutely appreciate each and every one of you. Now, my guest today is Anika Ransom. I call her Nikki, but she's a former adult entertainer turned interventionalist and certified addiction recovery coach and counselor. Isn't that amazing, right? As a survivor of abuse and behavioral addiction herself, Nikki is passionate about helping women who are struggling with the lasting effects of abuse and 
you know, sexual dysfunction as children. And also she helps those who are now suffering from substance abuse and other behavioral addictions. Nikki is also a professor with Arts to Freedom. She offers private recovery counseling and coaching, private and group yoga instruction, and she does support groups and workshops. And she's the owner of Angels Addiction and Abuse Recovery Services in Las Vegas, Nevada. Guys, please help me welcome Miss Anika Ransom to the show. Nikki. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the She's About Business show. Thank you so much for being on. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I am too. Your story is so amazing. So I'm so excited to really get into this. And I've already read your bio. So everyone listening knows just a little bit about you and what you do. But I really want you to give us in your own words, the core of who you are, why you do what you do, and who you feel like you serve? Um, Well, the core of who I am, um, I've come to uh, realize, you know, I I am a survivor. I'm a survivor of many different types of abuse, uh, you know, childhood dysfunction, childhood trauma, uh, sexual trauma, you know, as as a child growing on up, uh, domestic violence, of course, Um, because it's very common for us that have gone through childhood dysfunction to grow up to be in dysfunctional relationships. Um, But yes, that's, that's the core of me. And going through all of that gave me my purpose. Uh, Once I moved to Las Vegas and was able to get away from all of the noise that was in my hometown and where all of my abusers were. And then once I came to Las Vegas and began my healing journey, it really hit me that you know, I went through all of that because I am supposed to help other women or other survivors, period, that don't understand their feelings right now, that don't understand their negative behaviors or negative thought processes and negative feelings. They don't understand them and understand that it came from their childhood and that, you know, just how they can get rid of all of that self-hate and that self-shame and blame and come to an understanding uh, of themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I feel like I'm rambling, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm here to help other women just to to understand themselves and to to come out of the darkness when it comes to who they are and how they feel about themselves and how they go about their lives in the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know that, um, you know, like you were saying, that negative place that comes from, you know, being sexually abused as a child and being abused, period, um, can really take you to some dark places, you know, as an adult and as a teen. Did, did that happen for you? And if so, what were some of those dark places? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So many dark places. You know, due to what I experienced, you know, the, the sexual abuse and, and mental and emotional abuse that I experienced, starting as early as I can remember as age four, um, it led me down a very dark path, you know, of depression, anxiety, uh, you know, not really having that will to live, not having that strong drive to live, uh, feeling like a failure, even though 
you know, I was a straight A student and, you know, full scholarship, you know, to college and, wow. you know, going off to college, all that, but still internally, you know, I felt like a, a complete failure. I felt like I was nothing. Uh, I, I did have two suicide attempts. Fortunately, you know, God saved me because he had a purpose for me. And then it also led me down a path, you know, of being very promiscuous and, you know, being a teen mother. And then eventually I got into adult entertainment, you know, just due to everything that had happened to me and how it affected me and the way it affected how I felt about myself. So that was, I didn't place much value on myself. Right. Yeah. Well, wow, Nikki, that's, that, that's why I said your story is so amazing that you actually overcame all of that and I have you know so much that I want to talk about with you but I am going to move on to the second question because you know like I told you the second question is is the same for everybody but I I really want to get from you you know how you were able to especially accomplish this with everything that you've been through so the second question is basically that it's been said that over 90 percent of people have some kind of entrepreneurial dream or idea, but only about 14% of them actually take the leap and actually take a chance to make that happen. So with everything that you had to face and all of those dark places that you went to, how did you become who you are today as an entrepreneur? You know, and how did you get this far? And were you always confident that you would actually succeed when you made that leap? Okay, what got me here, I, <laughs> it sounds, it may sound kind of weird to some of your, your audience, but I feel like it is the abuse that I endured mm. um, that made me, you know, who I am, where I feel like I've been kicked down so many times that it doesn't matter what anyone says or what anyone does, like, yeah, I've already been through it. You can't kick me down any further. You can't, you know, beat me down any further. And yeah. and also like knowing that purpose and then having that faith because, you know, I know that, you know, my creator saved me, you know, m- multiple times uh, because he has a purpose for me. And just in having deep faith and knowing that, it really gives me that strength and courage to know that, yes, this is what he put me here to do. And if he put me here to do it, I... I know I'm going to be successful, even if that success means I helped to save a woman's life or help to save several women or, you know, however many. But that's that's success to me. Yeah. No, but that actually makes sense, because I think that a lot of people don't actually take the leap into entrepreneurship because they're afraid of failing. So what you're saying is that you have been you know, beat down so much and you failed so many times that you actually like didn't have anything to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't have anything to lose. And then I totally understand what it's like, you know, how it feels to lose and that you just, you know, dust yourself off and pick yourself back up, learn something and keep it pushing. Yeah. But that's actually not, you know, a bad thing. And I think that a lot of people, could learn from that. I think that some people who are um, maybe come from a background where they they don't have those types of experiences, which of course is good, um, but they are so afraid to experience anything, you know, that they want to put on this persona as if everything in their lives are perfect. And if they actually take a leap and they don't succeed, 
then they are so concerned about what the world will think of them. But those who have experienced trauma and who have had some bumps and bruises and some some failures like you and I, we're like, listen, and you know, because that's what I felt too, is like, hey, do or die. Like I've, I mean, what else can life, you know, like I, I have actually thought that like, I mean, I've lost a lot of things. I've been through some things. So at this point, it's like do or die. I, I just have to go for it. So it doesn't actually sound crazy. I definitely understand what you mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. you can, can absolutely learn a lot from that. Yeah, so. and I do feel that, you know, when, when you go through that healing journey and, you know, gain that sense of, of self and, you know, your self-worth and self-esteem, then it, you know, what, what everyone else thinks, you know, just really doesn't matter. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I tried this business and failed, but you know, it's better than just sitting in complacency and not, you know, trying to live my dream. Like how, you know, those statistics you just gave, it's, you know, most people do not actually go through with it. So it's like, yeah. you know, kudos to you for having the guts and, you know, success. I'm trying to think of where I, I heard it, but uh, they said that success is just a bunch of tiny failures. You know, because you do something, it may not work this way. You try something else, try something else, try something else, and then boom, you, you made it, you know, because you didn't give up. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I know that a lot of people who have succeeded in a way at, you know, like working the nine to five and they work and then they retire, they don't necessarily understand, you know, those of us who have a different call and all the struggles that we face, it can seem sometimes like we're failing, um, especially as single moms, you know, we do have you know, many struggles over the years that we have to face because we're doing things alone. But like you said, it is a lot of tiny failures that actually get you to a place of success. And I think you and I, um, you know, we were talking, we were having a conversation last night about, you know, getting to a place where you're actually living your authentic life. And it doesn't mean that life is perfect, but it means that you are actually you know, like I said to you, showing up each day as your best self. And that also, to me, is, is you know, identifies you being at a place of success. Mm -hmm. So that actually means a lot as well. So it's not necessarily that everything is going to be perfect all the time, but people don't always get that. And I think that some people have that expectation. And so they would rather live a life where it can look like things are perfect, even though they're miserable, it looks like they're perfect when they have that corporate job or that certain lifestyle, but they really want to start that business, but they know that it's going to be difficult. So they just don't take the leap and they'd rather suffer to put on the facade, you know, but yeah, yeah that was a great answer. Thank you for mm -hmm. that. So Nikki, now it's the fun part. Cause I get to pull a question out of the handy dandy hat. So let's see what we get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So this is a great question. And this is actually, it, it, it's so crazy because God just works this out. It's, it's like the questions just kind of always tie in really good together. But what do you think is the most common reason for people failing or giving up in life? Because in my opinion, a lot of people give up on life long before they actually make it to the grave, right? 
Mm-hmm. Especially we see this in a lot of the work that you and I do. Like I see people who have stopped living way before they die. Like what do you think it is that makes some people give up and yet some people just continue to persevere and just keep giving up? I mean, keep living, keep pushing and keep trying. Just in my opinion, like the main thing I feel would be just that a person's, like if, if they have a feelings of low self-worth and low self-esteem and your feelings of not being worthy, then either consciously or subconsciously that will, you know, cause them to actually fail, to, you know, to, to give up on life because they feel like I'm, I'm not capable. Why even try? I'm not worth it, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, it can even affect us on a subconscious level. You know, we can, self-sabotage ourselves like we can want something want something want something but our subconscious really doesn't feel that we are deserving and that we can and then we'll self-sabotage and you know kind of self-fulfill that prophecy like see I knew I couldn't do it yeah when it's like you know you you self-sabotage and you self-sabotage because subconsciously you really do not feel as though yes I can do this yes I am worthy I think in a nutshell that I feel like that's the number one reason I know it's you know could be a multiple multiple reasons, but I feel like that is the main underlying. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think that the self-sabotage can look many different ways. You know, um, Mm -hmm. for many people, it's substance abuse of some sort. You know, I know that, you know, you deal with that in many ways in your work. Do you think that that plays a major role in, you know, what you see? I think a lot of people drown themselves in either alcohol or some type of drug. Um, and then it's really, really difficult to get through to them because they are just consumed with their addiction. Do you feel like that is a big part of the problem? Yes, yes, because, you know, feeling as I'm, I know other survivors can attest to that, you know, when you have suffered different types of dysfunction or abuse, it's it's a lot easier to go and drink or do do some drugs or you know go have sex go gamble all types of things to to numb yourself and to distract yourself from those overwhelming feelings and thoughts that you may have even if you don't even know where it stemmed from yeah Uh, but you know if you have those feelings of you know being anxious all the time or hating yourself all the time or feeling like an introvert and oh and then oh you take a drink and now i feel great i feel invincible and you know, I'm chatty Kathy and, you know, I'm social, you know, you just feel better about yourself or the drugs. So it's, it's like, that's, it's human nature that we want the, the easy fix. Right. You know, so if it's like, oh, I can, you know, take this pill or take this drink or go do this and feel better. It's a lot easier than facing those demons that, you know, we're trying to push down yeah. and, and, and not, you know, really let them come to light because it hurts too much to feel them. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that many people can make it through life like that for years. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it allows people to cover up. And, you know, so people around them may not even know that they have actually given up on life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I've seen that happen. And I think that we all have to be very careful because it can happen to anybody. Nobody is, you know, too strong. You know, nobody is off limits. Um, And that's why I think I focus so much on, 
you know, the work that I do and, and the topics that I select, you know, and, and motivating people and encouraging them to, you know, always keep something in their ears that will help them to overcome because none of us are, you know, too good, too holy, too, you know, mm -hmm. are above this, this thing. It could happen to anybody who's going through any type of life challenge. You know, you can get caught up in various things. Addiction has many faces. Yes. Um, and self-sabotage has many faces. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I would agree with that. That's a great answer. Thank you. Um, and it's, it's something interesting, too, that I wanted to share since we were talking about, oh, being a success and then also giving up on life. Mm -hmm. Like when I went into adult entertainment, it looked, you know, as though I was successful because I mean, of course, you know, in adult entertainment, you can make a lot of money, yeah. uh, you know, and not really have to do too much because of how the adult entertainment industry is. So it appears as though I was a success, but I had actually given up on myself. Like mm -hmm. I had given up on life because I just, I had that low sense of self-worth and just felt like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm just here to be a person that, you know, is a sexual being because, you know, that's what I was taught. So I just thought that that was interesting that I looked like a success, but however, I had actually given up on life, but no one, you know, could tell. That's a good point. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. You know, it, it can look, and I mean, you could have survived like that for years. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have survived like that for the rest of your life if you had chosen to. Mm -hmm. um, and many people do. So again, kudos to you for coming out of that and deciding to do something, you know, better with your life and actually now helping other people. So that's why I think your story is just so amazing. Yep. All, right. <laughs> All right. So let's see what else we get. Pull another question out here. Okay. So Nikki, as workers in mental health, okay, you and I both know that the current system is based on the idea of diagnosing and treating disorders, but often very little is done to actually address the underlying issues, which is kind of what we're talking about now. To me, it's like this causes people to basically like just kind of stay on the hamster wheel, if you will. So what I kind of see in my work is that many people never really live to their fullest potential because it's just they're being diagnosed and treated. But a lot of them are not really getting to the underlying issues. They're just going through the system, going through the system. Mm -hmm. What do you feel that we can do about that? Or how can we change that? Ooh. That's a, a loaded question and, and, and a topic that, you know, often can just be quite irritating. You know, I'm, I'm sure you feel it too. It needs to be talked about, right? Yes, yes. It needs to be talked about. And that's where I think, you know, people like you and, and people that are having platforms to just keep discussing it and making it not so taboo to discuss your issues and your problems and, and mental health and also have the the bravery to go through this process to come to you know your true self instead of just okay i want to take the quick way out let me take this pill and i feel better and not really address it because it takes a lot of courage you know to go through that process you know to go through that healing journey and actually you know become your true self 
Like it's extremely rewarding, but it's walking through a fire. Like I can't say that, oh, it's, it's a simple process, but I feel that the more of us that are out there and talking about it can help others you know, understand like, okay, yeah, this is what I need to do. I can't just, you know, take this, pop this Xanax or, you know, this antidepressant and then oh, I'm just going to be magically fixed. Mm. Like, yes, those symptoms can go away, but the problem's still there. Yeah. So yeah. basically, you know, what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. I'm so glad you said this because I was thinking the same thing is, you know, stop depending on the system to change, but the individuals mm -hmm. have to take ownership and take the personal responsibility for their own healing and say, I want to get off the hamster wheel. I don't want to be caught up in the system. I am going to actually take responsibility for my own healing. I don't want to just take the pills. I actually want to seek this healing and it may require me to do more than what the system offers because the system you know hey as long as you have the the means to pay for this whether oh, it's yeah. you know the personal means or whether it be through insurance or whatever we're going to just keep you coming in and keep writing these prescriptions so you may have to seek you know spiritual means you know a life coach whatever you may have to do above and beyond to actually get the healing that you know that you need and that is that has been my own personal walk and i had to invest a lot of time and a lot of money into myself to do that and i'm sure you have too but a lot of people are not willing to do that so i definitely agree that it's not necessarily a system concern as much as it is a personal each person taking the personal responsibility yeah, it's a system wants us to stay on that medicine. Right. <laughs> like, no, don't heal. Come in, <laughs> keep coming to get these yeah. pills. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I, I know I'm cheating because I'm asking you way more than six questions. So mm -hmm. I apologize. I have a habit that of saying okay. that. <laughs> but what role do you feel like the church plays in this? Because as a minister, I, I believe personally that they should play more of a role than they actually play. Mm-hmm. But I honestly believe that they could do more. But what are your thoughts on that? Or do you have a, an opinion on that? Um, I don't know. I can't say too much that I would have a major opinion. Um, I'm not a religious person. I'm definitely more of a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I'll go to a spiritualist church or a non-denominational type church. And in that regards, I do feel you know, as though like more, more churches or, or spiritual centers, you know, could have groups and, and discussions that are, you know, involving mental health and, and, and abuse and, you know, surviving different types of trauma because, yeah. you know, it is that higher power that, mm -hmm. that, you know, really helps us to get through, through that fire and, and through the pain. Yeah. Uh, so, Absolutely. you know, if a person is connecting you know, on that level, then I feel like the church would be a great place. And, and you know, for those that suffer from addiction, you know, I know that it's not all, but some people, when they see an addict, they, you know, judge them very harshly when it would be good, you know, if churches and spiritual centers would say, hey, yes, I, I know you're an addict, but I know you're an addict because you're in pain. Right. And, you know, invite them in and not just step over them or ignore them or, you know, if they're homeless or anything, but 
like inviting them in and giving them hope, showing them that yes, you are still a human being and a valued human being, regardless of what has happened to you, regardless of what you've done, what drugs you may be on, alcohol, whatever it is, you know, yeah. because you know they, they don't they don't feel like they have any value. Right. So I feel like really I feel like everyone, like everyone, you know, needs to to step up and, and do more. Yeah. And I, I just feel because I'm I don't consider myself to be religious because I I am a follower of Jesus Christ, which anyone who listens to the show knows that because I always give him a shout out in the opening. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he was not religious. So as a follower, I, I'm not, you know, but mm-hmm. um I do think that a lot of people go to church for years and years and years and they sat in the church broken. And nobody does anything about it. So if I'm going there year after year after year and I'm going there looking for healing, then that should be a place that I can go to and go to have my mental health needs met. And a lot of times the things that are causing me the pain, which is, you know, sexual abuse of children and things like that are hushed and swept under the rug and this this mentality of what happens in your home stays in your home and those things need to be addressed Mm -hmm. instead of being hushed and I just feel that there is more that can be done that's all I'm saying and I I think there's some work that needs to be done especially in African-American churches I, I can't speak about other cultural churches but I do know that a lot of churches have like AA meetings and things like that, but you Mm -hmm. have to understand those things happen after hours. It's not necessarily a part of the church. They just Mm -hmm. allow those things to take place at the church after the the actual services are over. You understand what I'm saying? That's a little bit different. That doesn't mean that those people are still being assisted by the church. Does that does that make sense? I, I oh, yeah, that. yeah, it makes absolute sense. You know, because I've you know been to to different meetings that are at churches, and it's it's like it's put on by someone else, but the church allows it to happen there. But right. yes, you know, if you want that further healing and guidance, right, it's it's not there. And I'm not saying that there are not some churches who address these things. I believe that there are, but I just feel like uh, you know, overall that some of this healing and some of the additional things that need to happen to address some of the mental health issues, in addition to the the diagnosis and the treatment, there are some spiritual aspects that could be addressed as well that, that, you know, the the church could be utilized for because so many people go to the church for healing Mm -hmm. and they, they just don't receive it there. So I think it is a, a, a huge conversation that we could talk for hours about, but, you know, and this is just a piece of the conversation that needs to be had. You know, like you said, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and never really get to the bottom of it. But I do think that just just us starting the conversation and being willing to address it is definitely a plus. So thank you for being willing to have that conversation with me. Absolutely. All right, so we have one more question to pull out of the hat. So let's see what we get. All right. Oh, okay. This is a good question, I think. I think all of my questions are good. I'm biased. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nikki, the last question to pull out of the hat is, 
What do you feel is some great advice that you would give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Mm, the best advice would be, you know, going through your healing process, mm. you know, going to, to get into your recovery. Yes. Um, and, and like the word recovery may resonate with some people, you know, negatively, like, oh, I'm, I'm not an addict. I'm not this. I'm not that. But it's, you know, even that emotional sobriety, like if you have gone through trauma and dysfunction, like you, you are going to be in recovery. Uh, and well, really, I'm just going to keep it real. If you're not addicted to a substance, then you will have some type of behavioral addiction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and with that, if you want to help others, you know, come out of that darkness, it's really important for you to make sure that you are solid in your recovery process you know, to, to pull others out uh, because, you know, it's very hard to talk the talk without walking the walk when it comes to something this profound yeah. you know, and this, this serious. And then also, if you're not, you know, very firm uh, in your emotional sobriety, I'll just say, and in your recovery, doing this type of work will drain you. Like it, it'll completely, I'll just say, screw you up just for lack of better words. And, you know, going into all kinds of details, I would just say it, it'll really screw you up because you are going to be dealing with very heavy emotions and people that are, you know, suffering from uh, your different mental illnesses and, and have different needs. And it, it can be very draining. Uh, so if you're not, you know, solid in yourself and in your recovery, you, you really won't be able to be effective. That is amazing advice. And I can attest that that is very true. What do you, what are some of the things that you do for your own self-care? Like what are some of the things that you partake in? I am a yoga instructor as well. So yoga and meditation is a major, major, major uh, part of my self-care. Like every, every morning I have to start with I like to start with at least an hour of self-care, of just getting myself together, you know, waking up and you know, having my ginger tea and doing my yoga and doing my meditation and my prayer and setting my intentions, you know, for, for the day. That's a major part of my self-care and like simple things, you know, like, oh, I'm going to give myself a, a bath and take the mm -hmm. tablet in there and look at Netflix. I remember the other day I was watching Netflix and eating broccoli salad in the tub, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, fun little things. And then uh, at least once a month, I like to do uh, at-home silent retreats, mm. like at least for just a whole day where I tell everybody, like, this is what's happening for 24 hours. You can't reach me. Don't talk to me. You know, none of that. And I just give myself like a whole day to, you know, get back centered, to work through any emotions, any thoughts, and just completely disconnect from the outside world and all of that other stimuli uh, to, to bring it back in. Because, you know, <laughs> with all the stimuli and everything, it's we can just get to a frazzled place. And, and oh my gosh, like, I can't say enough about silent retreats. Like, oh, when the first time I did it, I don't know if, if you've ever done one, uh, but like the first time I did it, I was just like, what am I going to do for all these hours with no laptop and, you know, no phone and how am I going to get through this? 
And then by the time I was done, I was like, I don't want to plug back in. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to stay here because it's just you know, so nice just being able to get to self and and not have to deal with everything else. It's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, that's very key to my self-care as well. I know I, I rambled, but I love sun retreats, ladies, everyone do them. <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. Um and I can tell you love it too. That's how I, oh, I love it. about massages. <laughs> you know, I, I love Ooh. having massages. That's that's how I treat myself. But I mean, tell us a little bit more about the silent retreat. I mean, I, I, I get it, you kind of detach from everything, but what are some of the other things that you do? Like are you alone? Do you leave your house or do you stay home? Like what are some of the Well, um I would say it's really dependent upon the person. But, you know, if, if you are able to, then yes, be completely alone like that, that would be best. And there are silent retreats out there, but not everyone can afford like, you know, to go pay and have a silent retreat. That's why I say just do an at home 24 hour silent retreat. You know, there's, like I said, no phones, no talking, no internet, none of that. You're not, you're not even Netflixing it. What? And no yes, not even Netflixing. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh. Everything is cut out. Oh, and what you're doing, because it's a silent retreat. And if, there's ne- <laughs> if you're Netflixing, it's not silent. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's uh, doing things such as yoga, uh, meditation, journaling, going for a walk. Mm. Uh, you know, when I have mine, I'll go over to the hot tub really early before, you know, anyone you know, gets there so I don't have to talk and I'll, you know, just start my day like sitting in the hot tub and going to the gym and, you know, taking a walk, meditating outside, reading, perhaps, you know, writing letters, you know, either to yourself or perhaps, you know, there's some, you know, releasing type letters that perhaps you need to do and, you know, do a ritual. There's just all types of different things. It just really depends on what resonates with the person. But, yeah, it's just taking in doing those types of activities. And I've had, I've done them where, you know, I've just told my children, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> like mommy is doing a silent retreat. If someone's bleeding, call 911. <laughs> don't call me. one would not shut up. I'm Yeah, my, mine are older. So it's yeah. like, they know like, okay, leave mom alone. <laughs> That really sounds amazing. Yeah. And the fact that I don't really watch much TV, but I'm constantly on my laptop. Like I'm I'm constantly working. So the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, that scares me so much. I'm I'm constantly working on show content, on um, you know, books, writing, you know, so the fact that that scares me so much tells me that I probably need to do something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's very life-changing and then and then yes like I say you don't allow yourself to work because some work stuff may come to your brain but it's like no no work stuff (laughs) Uh, because you know I I know how that feels where you're just like oh I I should be doing this I should be doing that but yeah after after you have one then I think you'll be just totally hooked like oh yes I have to do this routinely you just feel so refreshed and centered and just so much much more capable like if you did give yourself that that day, you'll come back like even even better, you know, for for your show and for your clients. 
I think I'm going to, I'm going to make that a goal for this year. Yeah. I don't know when I'll be able to do it, but I'm going to make it a goal. But it's crazy because when I um, first started She's About Business, it's like God took me through that process of actually, like you said, walking the walk. And I, I, you know, literally started walking every day and, you know, it, people were like, you know, I think you're addicted to walking and I would do it, you know, and I still do like in the winter and summer, like I'm out there first thing in the morning. And that became my time to really like center and have my alone time. And I pray and I listen to like motivational messages and, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Like that's my favorite time of my day. And so I definitely know that those finding those special things that you can do for yourself, um, like I said, the massages too, um, you know, it's really been life changing. And had I not done that, I don't think that she's about business, you know, because I had to actually become that, you know, mm -hmm. and it helped me to kind of form those things so that I can actually teach other people how to do that. So I absolutely agree with you that you actually have to, you know, really be about it before you can, you know, step into that and, and, you know, try to teach that, that theory or that method or whatever you want to call it. So mm -hmm. that is, that's actually very, very true. But I think I'm going to do that, Nikki. You're going to have to coach me through that though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and too, I, I wanted to say to, for the listeners, during the silent retreat, you're not like, oh, let me go get a bunch of Twinkies and I'm going to just going <laughs> to, it's like, no, it's drinking lots of water, you know, eating lots of fruits and vegetables and healthy things, you know, on that day as well. Of course, yeah. every day, I don't just want to say, just that day, eat healthy. <laughs> you know, we should eat healthy all the time. But yes, during that day, you're really like just cleansing and, and detoxing and it's, it's beautiful. Now I'm like, oh, I want to do one right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds really, really good. It really does. That sounds like a great, you know, retreat to put together for other women, too. So maybe we can talk Ooh. about that. Yeah. yeah, that is a good idea. And something to slide under the door, too, is, you know, ladies that self-care doesn't have to be anything elaborate. You know, like you said, just going and getting that massage, going and, and getting a pedicure, mm -hmm. you know, just anything, giving yourself, you know, a nice bubble bath, like anything that's just doing for self, you know, is, is self-care. That's just replenishing you, relaxing you, showing you that you're worth it. Yeah. And I will also say that, um, you know, doing this, this type of work, um, it's definitely not something that you can do just for the money. Mm -hmm. You have to have a love for it. Has You have to be driven, you know, um, more than just for the paycheck. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I went from, you know, I would, in adult entertainment, make a lot, a lot of money. And most of my day consisted of, watching Young and the Restless and the Steve with the Steve Wilco show. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm here in Vegas, I could just go gamble. Like, you know, everything was just extremely leisurely, you know, out to any restaurant my children want to go to, all of that. But, you know, of course that wasn't my true calling. Right. But now doing, you know, what I do now, like, yes, it can be a financial struggle, you know, at times. And, you know, you're working. You're not just watching Young and the Restless. I haven't watched Young and the Restless in forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on with the Newmans. <laughs> but uh, 
Oh gosh, now I'm just got off track. Oh yes, but it's it's that passion of, you know, knowing that you you're doing something greater than just you know building your bank account. Yeah. And and being able to have a leisurely life, like you're actually making a difference and trying to bring our society and the world to a much lighter, better place. Yeah. And it's only going to it's this type of work that's going to bring us there. Absolutely. You are definitely doing that. And I'm Thank so you. thankful that we connected and, you know, I'm excited about the future. And so this brings us to our last question, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> Five more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's next for you, Nikki? And, and what's next for your business? And how can my listeners connect with you? Because I'm sure they're going to want to. Oh, well, they can visit me. My website is anikaransom.com, A-N-I-K-A, ransom, like in the Bible, dot <laughs> com. Uh, I love my last name. Uh, and my, my website, anikaransom.com. My Facebook is anikaransom. And then my Instagram is at anikaransom. Uh, so you can find me uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and my website. And of course, the links for my website as well. And what's next for my business is really increasing. Well, I, I do have a support group uh, here in Las Vegas that I uh, have every first and third Thursdays. Uh, so it's growing my support group. And really, we're also going to move more into trauma-sensitive yoga. Because like I said, I am a, a yoga instructor as well. So we're going to be doing more trauma-sensitive yoga, and really I'm trying to grow my own YouTube channel. Like it's very new, very, very absolutely tiny, uh, but I'm trying to, you know, grow that so I can get more of my message out. Like that's my main focus is just getting that message of healing and hope out uh, to women. Well, what is your um, YouTube channel so people can go there and subscribe? Um, my YouTube channel is Hope and Healing with Nikki. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, of course, link on my website as well. So I know there's a lot of different. Yeah. But yeah, Hope and Healing with Nikki. And yeah, I think that that is my main focus is just mainly getting the word out there. Like I can't even say, oh, we're trying to do this and, you know, start these workshops and this and this. It's like I just I have to get this message message out so many people are in pain and hurting that's that's my goal yeah well we hopefully have put a dent in that today and got the word out there and you know maybe we can have you back on but i just want to encourage you to keep on doing the amazing work that you're doing and i hope that we can continue to do some great things together and i just want to thank you for coming on to the show and tell you how much i appreciate all the great work that you're doing Thank you so much. This was fantastic. I had a lot of fun and, and I appreciate you for having me on to share with your audience. Thank Very you. much appreciate it. Thank you so much, Nikki. We hope you'll come back, okay? Absolutely will, whenever you like. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
The She's About Business show is directed and hosted by Dayukia Garns, digital editing by Will Rice at Pro Voice Gas Studios, and copyright by She's About Business Inc. Thanks so much for listening to the She's About Business show. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Also, if you think I'm doing a great job or you enjoy an episode, leave a review, rating, or comment. I love to hear from you. And don't forget to visit she'saboutbusiness.com for amazing blog articles, events, and services. Love you guys. Let's be about business.